Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Harvey Levin here. Jason. Derek here. Three lawyers. Wow. wow. What more could you want? Um, let's start billing now. <laughs> start the clock, everyone. Six uh, minute okay. increments. We, we got a lot to talk about. Um, and we're going to do a little surprise here. Uh, but we're going to start with Elon Musk. I find this really interesting. Elon Musk has put uh, pushed the pause button on buying Twitter. And the reason is sort of murky. But I think the reaction to it is telling that the stock plunged like 25% in pre-market trading. To me, I think that's a statement that people want Elon Musk to own Twitter. I want to give a little more perspective on the 25% decline because the market at large and specifically the tech heavy uh, uh, stocks like Twitter are not, are not down. They are up by vast quantities in early trading, but Tesla is bucking that trend and is no, Twitter. T- uh, Twitter is is bucking that trend and is way way down. And I think it's impossible to dis you know disassociate that from Elon Musk's decision to halt the transaction to halt the purchase of Twitter. Um, this it, is what's fascinating. He it's a reaction markets. to it. Yeah, one hundred percent. The stock movement is a reaction to Elon Musk. Elon Musk moves. He moves markets. He moves markets the way presidents move markets. I mean, honestly, it's remarkable. Yeah, it is remarkable. He, he, he moved. He moved cryptocurrency when he mentioned Dogecoin. Dogecoin yep. moves up. This is a man who, who commands tremendous influence over the stock market and other markets. Who's more influential in the world? Well, I mean, look, there are obviously leaders, but when you take leaders out, you know, leaders of countries, who's more influential than Elon Musk? Nobody. He's Zero. the most influential, influential non-politician, non-president, king, pope in the world. I would argue more than anybody in Congress. Uh, oh, way more than yes, anyone. Yes, of course. There, their vote is, is diluted, right? There exactly. are serious people at business schools who talk about the Elon Musk effect. This will be taught in, in schools. Uh, he, when he tweets, he moves the markets, and he did it today. Now, what's interesting to me about today is, is he vacillating on the purchase, right? Because right. what what I think he's referring to is whether 5% of, of the users that Twitter said in a recent securities filing are actually spam bots. He's this is called a material adverse change in a deal, right? He wants to know whether he's actually buying something that has 229 million active users or something that has vastly less than this and a bunch of bots. And I this th- could be a way out of the deal. And if could, he backs it, out, that's why the leverage to push the price down. Or leverage to get it, it out cheaper. Could, and I think the leverage makes more sense, and I'll tell you why. He wants Twitter. He because he's committed to it. it look, if, if he has 197 million versus 229 million users, it still has vast influence and he can then build it higher. And I think this is a play to know exactly what he's getting, maybe ask to lower the price if that if there's more than 5% of the spam bots and he's going to buy this thing. 
Yeah, and, and, I, I think and, you're right. With one caveat, I think he might have been starting his diligence on this company, and, and this company doesn't really make a lot of money. That's right. And and Elon Musk is at at his heart a capitalist. I know he wants Twitter for all these political reasons. But then you lower the pr- then you lower the price and build it. Yeah, it's hard. It, it, but it, it, it doesn't just not make a lot of money. It may not make a lot of sense to make money. Right. It is not a platform that relies on video uh, on run a video. That's how so many of these other sites make it. These and and I don't know what the the core business of Twitter is that can really monitize effectively. And we've seen that throughout Twitter, Twitter's he history. Tra- he can change it. He could. He could. I mean, he and, could. And, and look, you, the, a guy who has never, ever studied rocketry Builds picks the, up some books yeah. and then does what NASA couldn't do for 50 years. You can't count him out no. monetizing Twitter. Let me ask this question about his influence. Do you think it, it, it's both? Both is the answer, but which one is more? Is it his business savvy? Is that why he's so influential? Or is it his tech, his ability to manipulate the media and get things done that get him positive news? Is it, is it the cult of personality okay. or is it his business savvy? Okay, I, I, I want to answer it by way of example because yeah. I think that's a great question. I think both, and I'll tell you why. I think Elon Musk is the modern day Andy Warhol. Oh, okay. It wasn't what I was. Wow. I, know. I, I haven't okay. heard him called Warhol. I've heard I him think he is. The, I'll tell you why. Andy Warhol somehow bef- decades before social media, decades before the internet figured out the equivalent of social media that he was on every media platform. It was Andy Warhol TV, Andy Warhol films, Andy Warhol art, Andy Warhol events, Studio 54. He was just everywhere in pop culture. He made a lot of money in art and some, and a, and a fair amount of money in television, but he basically had the psyche of the world that he was molding. And I think Elon Musk is kind of the same guy. Yeah, look, I think he's a visionary. In why, are you, why is your mouth open? No, I'm just trying to <laughs> parse together. I, I don't know enough about Andy Warhol to, to make the comment, but it seems that Andy Warhol was first and foremost an, an artist. But maybe no, maybe no, you got you, you got you got to know gotta, yeah. you got to know more about Warhol. Yeah, he was, and and you've got to see this documentary. Yeah. It's so good. But he was everything about. He was the center of pop culture. Yes, he was the center of pop culture. Elon Musk wants to be that too. Yeah. And to some extent he is. And pop culture can make you money, uh, a.k.a. Kim, well, not a.k.a., but exa- best example, Kim, Kim Kardashian. Right. So it can make you money. He is using social media to push all of his projects. He's Andy Warhol. Huh? I like it. I'm I way like less it. impressed with Elon Musk. We talk about this all the time. I, am I so think impressed. he's a visionary. I think he's a futurist. I think the world loves a good vision, and he has painted a very successful one. I think his companies aren't worth nearly as much as he yeah. as he says they're worth. Just, you, you and know people what? attach to the personality, and I, that's fine. I but- wish I were your age, because <laughs> I'm not going to live to see the impact that Elon Musk will have in the world over the years. I think he is going to be like an Einstein I mean, he already has done all this stuff. And look, he's he, also got some stinkers. You he's know? Got some he's stinkers. tried to bore a hole under under the ground. And By the way, that's gone nowhere. He did it. That he could did, work eventually. Sure. All of these things could work eventually. Drove a car if 25 miles if, an hour underground. If, and everyone was like, this is stupid. We already have subways. There's of, a lot of dumb ideas. If you that are Elon afraid of well. failure, you will never succeed. No, no, no. Sure. But he has failed in some stuff. But I, I'm with Derek in that I think his reputation is a little bit overblown. But I will say that he, what he has done for the electric car industry, that these 
hundred billion dollars in investment couldn't do from the biggest car companies in the world well, and, for decades, and, and, and then space. SpaceX is is unprecedented. Impressive. And yeah, uh, yeah the okay. car the car thing. Credit well, credit one too. one yeah. of those things would be unbelievable. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And he's now yeah now he's going to transform Twitter. Uh, yeah. And by the way, and and, and, and or back and, out of the deal and keep us too far. Yeah. And, and we got to move on. But look, there's one other thing that is probably bigger than Twitter, bigger than Tesla, bigger than rocketry, and that's Neuralink. Neuralink will change humanity. Yes, yep. I mean it will change humanity if they if he can implant something in people's brains yes. where you, you can cure strokes, you yep. can cure. Um, paralysis, you can cure epilepsy, and then you move on to essentially put Google in everybody's brain, it will change humanity. It may also lead to the singularity and all people will become <laughs> victims of the machine overlords. I didn't say it was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do something different in a minute, but let's just for a minute talk about Travis Scott, that now there is a woman who has amended her lawsuit that she filed against him, a woman who was injured at Astroworld because she says that she suffered a miscarriage carriage as a result of the injuries that she sustained from the crush in the crowd at Astroworld. It's fascinating. The miscarriage yeah. is recent uh, because she originally filed a lawsuit that was one of the typical Astroworld lawsuits. Um, it was not a wrongful death. She said she got trampled during the crowd crush. It was that kind of lawsuit. Her amended complaint is now added this. So it's clear that the miscarriage has happened relatively recently after she filed the initial lawsuit. So what does that mean in Texas, Jason? Thanks for asking, Derek. <laughs> uh, so, so under Texas law, so so what happens, right? Uh, have we just done local news here? Yeah. <laughs> it over to you. Back she, to you, Jason. She's pregnant at the time of the injury, but the the, the child apparently is okay, and so she files a nor- like you said a normal personal injury lawsuit. The child then dies, and now she's amended to file a wrongful death action, a civil suit. Not this is not a criminal; it's a civil complaint, right? Seeking damages for the death of her son, and there was a, 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 her child. Sorry, her, her, her unborn child, and so. The, the there were a lot of tie-ins there between that and the recent Supreme Court activity concerning abortion because a unborn child has now died and she is suing as if that unborn child was a living person because it's a wrongful death action. Now you're right. saying child. Here's what I wonder. Yeah, I don't. Based on what I know about the law. It doesn't have to be a child. This could be a three-day-old fetus. This could be a couple cells. Yes, not even right. a fetus. A, that's right. a, a ball it's, of cells. So, under Texas law, from the point of fertilization, if somebody does something that causes the death of that fertilized egg, uh, or all the way up to a fully termed fetus, uh, then that person can be charged with. Uh, well, they yeah, can be sued charged. for wrongful death. That, that person counts as an individual who died. Right. For wrongful death statutes. So, so from gestation, all the points of gestation. So the Supreme Court draft opinion, if it becomes law, could have a direct impact on a wrongful death case like this. Well, it's hard to say because these laws have existed even in the in the real world, obviously. Right, but what if it's a yeah. two-day-old fetus? You know, is that something where you could get wrongful death damages? You could you yeah. could under Texas law. And I think most that's states have saying. similar but that, laws. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. That if if that Supreme Court opinion sticks yeah. and 26 states and maybe more really severely restrict abortion and then redefine what constitutes yeah. life, it could have an impact well, here he, too. Here's the real thing. There's, there's also many criminal overlays to these kinds of lawsuits. Right, right. And here's what it really is. If, if uh, as we think it will be, Roe is overturned, when right now mothers who decide to end pregnancies are obviously not folded into these laws because they're protected by the Constitution. When that goes away, somebody who com- who actually goes in and has an abortion, a woman who does, can potentially be charged 
for uh, as a crime for the for the act or sued by, for example, the, the child's right. father right. for wrongful death. And that's really where the, the absence of Roe to protect the mother is going to come in in these cases. Yes. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Okay, okay. We're going to do something different. Um... What's on your mind? Let's let's make this a little bit of a free for all. Derek, you start. Yeah, but well, my mind this week has been entirely occupied by the sudden collapse of the crypto market. So I've invested a lot in in crypto, not not more than I was willing to lose. Always always knew that it would be a problem. That's a lie because you're willing to lose zero. That, that's yeah. fair. Boy, is that the <laughs> truth? No one likes losing anything. Boy, is that the truth? But uh, what it's exposed for me is you know the the whole economy is in is in collapse, but crypto in particular is interesting because it's entirely based on faith. And once faith starts to rattle a little bit, these things can go to zero. Companies right. like GM and Tesla and big stock market, big companies on the stock market aren't going to go to zero because they have hard assets. There's something valuable. They're producing something for the market. What's interesting to me about Bitcoin and Ether is Ethereum is that these things can go to zero. They go into what's called a death spiral. Yeah. And, and a lot of them are doing it right now. We've seen some of these stable coins go into death spiral because once people stop believing in them, there's nothing undergirding but, it. Once you don't believe one person sells, it puts downward price pressure on it and there's nothing to hold it. There's no floor. So, so let me ask you a question. A lot of people, a lot watch. of people, especially big investors in crypto, try to draw the equivalence between a cryptocurrency, which is something created in the private market. It doesn't, ex you can't touch it. It just ex exists because people People tell you it exists. And what's called fiat currency, which is government-issued currency, the dollar. There's nothing backing that either, right? We've been off the no. gold standard for 100 years now. What is? Why is there a distinction between people's faith in, coin, in Bitcoin and electronic currency, virtual currency, and the actual dollar that you can touch? Why is it any different? It's all just people's faith in it, Well, it's right? regulation, too, because there are people... I, I, I saw a report last night that this guy lost his entire life savings. It was just... Yeah. Taken. Yes. And and because there's a lack of regulation, that to me is the scariest thing. It's like, wh honestly, why would anybody put their money and their life savings into something where that can happen? And you know right. it can. So it, it's worse than going to Vegas because at least in Vegas- You have a chance. Yeah. You have a chance. You know when to stop yeah. or you at least can stop. Here, if you're letting it ride, 
It could just, ev- and it did. It's evaporating for people yes. where they're losing their life savings. What's fascinating is where you say it comes from is exactly from that impulse where you say it's not regulated so you can lose it all. That's what actually formed cryptocurrency is a distrust in government entities and the Fed in regulating well, look currency. Hap- look what's happening. No, I, I hear you. Do you think you, that's what caused it? Do you I, think I, it's absolutely- everybody wanted to get rich as quickly as possible and not work for a living? I think the original, well, that <laughs> yeah, that as well. But the yeah. original insight was decentralization of currency. Why should yeah. we b- trust governments to manipulate our currency with interest rates? We can do this ourselves. And yeah. by the way, and this, this is the problem with doing it yourself. This happened in the late 90s, too. I mean, you said that there the, there's this death spiral. That happened in the 90s, and I'm here to talk about it. Because right. <laughs> it happened to me. Yeah. And, um, you know, all the tech stops not only tanked, yes. but they went away. There was nothing there. And the lesson I learned, by the way, was do not listen to people at the gym. By the way, <laughs> if anybody from the gym is listening here, I love you guys, but I am not taking your advice anymore. Because... You know, it, and the reason I'm raising this is I, I was stupid and I'm I'm kind of like overhearing conversations and saying, oh, that sounds good. And then I would go home and make a call and right. I lost my shirt. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think about the equivalent of the gym with Matt Damon. And, you know, Matt Damon is this bright, uh, you know, successful guy who has influence and and this is not shade on Matt but you know he's doing he does these commercials and people say oh well Matt Damon's doing it so I'll do it too and now all of a sudden it's come home to roost yeah i you know it's like I, I know on one level, I'm thinking people are going to finally learn. Just don't listen to a celebrity because they say buy it, but they're going to do it. I right. mean, it's just going to happen over and over and over again. Sure. But that's why Crypto.com hired Matt Damon. That's, that's right. right. Follow Matt Damon. He really was. And I, I'm, I'm assuming here that Matt Damon has a huge equity stake in Crypto.com. And I think he's probably lost a lot, a, a lot of money. ton of money. Yes. A lot of money. And how did Larry Davis escape this? Larry Larry David, David, right. How did Larry David escape <laughs> Nobody this? listened to him in the first place to buy crypto. Well, he was, a, He's he was so funny. It was, was gonna, well, who's going to listen to an 80-year-old man talking about crypto? It just doesn't, that was the best commercial yeah, of the no, Super Bowl. I know, it really was. Okay, uh, yours. All right, I want to talk about hoarding. So Laura Ingram, the conservative firebrand. I know well, yes. Yes, conservative firebrand uh, uh, came out with, with a silly comment, whatever. I'm not going to go in on her, but she said that you she said on on her show, I believe yesterday, she said, it's uh, we didn't we never saw this kind of hoarding that we're seeing with baby formula and the like under Donald Trump. People quickly point out that the greatest hoarding incident in U.S. history happened at the beginning of the, the coronavirus, which was under Donald Trump. Putting that aside, I want to talk about hoarding for a second. <laughs> the morality of hoarding. So, the morality of hoarding. We are a capitalist it. society. You're going to find me quite immoral. We are a capitalist society. Right. And if there is an opportunity to, you know that paper towels are in short supply and you're going to go to CVS and there's a whole rack of paper towels. Should you not in a capitalist society have the right to buy up all 200 bundles of paper towels, or in this case, all 200 bottles of ba- uh, canisters of baby formula, and then sell them on the open market for whatever the market will bear for that price? I think we just learned Jason's a price gouger. I think or, he's the guy who likes to collect no, canisters of gasoline during the But I actually—I got to stop you. I yeah. got to stop you for a second. This if, is revelatory. If, I love if, it. If we're talking about, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about, I don't know, paper towels, fine. You know, make the argument. The guy did it with but, hand sanitizer. But dude, people are driving to different states to get formula yeah. for their... Oh, let me just make my point. Yeah. To get formula for their babies, they're being warned, don't dilute it with water because water can upset the baby. Don't change the formula because it can also upset the baby. And so there are people who can't feed their kid. Yeah. So it is different than 
paper towels or you know bunt cake okay so this i got you just, just where i wanted His to ending go was have you no decency that yeah. was the end of that but, exactly but, but, but I, I i think i got this right where i wanted to go so we all agree that in a civilized society baby formula should be and this is where government steps in and government can regulate right. these things and pass price gouging laws but these laws were also implemented when it came to paper towels and they were i, I just there, oh, right there but i'm saying paper this towels. is not i get water in a hurricane the government steps in they stop what you but, can but do baby formula too but baby formula too i totally agree gas, there's gas no gouging there's just few essentials but Gas is that is that where, where does that fall on the on the I, I, don't, I don't know I would ask I just, you is it the, an essential the, the hoarding has gotten a really bad name <laughs> and I think that that good so Elon Musk has it? There, Elon Musk <laughs> no but has it gotten a you bad were name? talking about how great Elon Musk is Elon Musk saw the um, the silicon chip shortage coming before anybody else did and he entered into exclusive agreements with the people that produce these uh, semiconductor chips. Uh, uh, to, to basically corner the market. So he had them and nobody yep. else did, which is why Tesla was able to continue its production long after others were suffering from, uh, GMs and the others were suffering from these supply chain shortages. He hoarded chips. Are you equating silicon chips with baby formula? I'm not. And that's why I said there's an exception. <laughs> yeah. but no, that was, where that that was line brilliant. Yes, absolutely. But somebody does it with, um, you know, diapers in a pandemic and that's considered And all of a sudden you're evil. the worst person in the world. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's it, Look, where you draw that line, it sounds like you draw it a little differently <laughs> than most people. Um, but I would say baby formula is pretty plainly in the like yeah, necessity no, we, we category. We all agree on baby formula. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What's your topic, Harv? You know, you I, what was in our hearts, Harvey, and mine was crypto, and Jason's is <laughs> price gouging. Mine. <laughs> yeah. I don't really see a heart. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, Harvey uh, is shaken. No, I, I, I. Well, no, I kind of expected it. Um, I don't want to give mine. You give one more, and then we're out. Well, the thing that's bothering me right now is that Harvey is facing me and his fly is open. And I can't. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I just, it's, it's not it's open. Right. No, it's just, You asked what was on our mind. Uh, yeah, and that's no. I, just, yeah. First of all, you um, turned to me with first anger. First of all, you don't have to look. No, you turned to me with anger over the baby formula thing. And all of a sudden, like, good God. You don't have to look, but what'd you think? <laughs> Would you stop it? Oh, my God. Uh, no, seriously, expect. is there anything on your yeah. mind? I'm sorry. Like, I know that documentaries are sometimes on your mind. Uh, what, well, what's what are you watching? I, I, it scared the shit out of me. Oh God, this Boeing documentary! I could, I literally turned it off because I said I am getting so freaked out that I. Don't think you I got to give people a little context. Your well, fascination with airlines is yes. knows no bounds. Harvey can name the specific details. Washington D.C. late se- late seventies. Uh, the uh, United Airlines crashed into the Potomac Bridge, and um, and you used to be able to tell me exactly how many people on board died. I know. I yeah. was going to tell you. I it, not everybody died in that flight. Right. Um, I want to say around forty three. Okay. But um, yeah, he yeah, is right. the Eric Colley of airline disasters. <laughs> right, right, right. So, um, so this is a documentary about Boeing, and that it was the gold standard for safety for many, many years, and then it merged with McDonnell Douglas, and McDonnell Douglas's um, culture was culture very different. Was about profits and not safety. And they started cutting all these corners. And ultimately, you get to the 737 MAX where there is a crash and there are warning signs that there's something wrong with this airplane. And Boeing is like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then a second one crashes. And I knew about all of that. But what I didn't know was they start showing all of the say the cutting of corners, you know, where you, I turned it off when this one guy who was on the assembly line was told to do something or not to do something that 
really cut corners and his mouth was agape for 20 seconds listening to this. And I'm watching this guy who's putting this airplane together thinking, and then they're showing with these wires that are frayed and and they're putting crap on top of the wires. Yes. And they just drill it closed. And and I I mean, it reminded me, I once (laughs) hired a contractor to, um, to, to do some stuff in my house. And I don't, I, I walked into one of the rooms that he was working on and one of the walls was open and he had all these newspapers in the wall <laughs> that he was just using to fill the void. And he looks at me and he says, oh, boy, this is the first time I got caught doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking of that when I was watching this documentary and I just thought, I've got to turn this thing off. It was freaking me out, he honestly. Was, he was like, you should see what I put in your floors that are already. <laughs> no, did you did you finish it? I have seen the documentary. I think it's fascinating. The I didn't know anything about the pressure to create. How can you watch that and not get freaked oh, out? Oh, I was freaked out. I was freaked out. The, the pressure to create the new line that became the arrow, the, that became the 737, uh, 737 Max. Max, that it was just an old fuselage that they sort of you know, rejiggered sure, in some ways. Just, and it's, it's wild to me. These machines carry hundreds of passengers and the way they sort of cut corners to just get it produced and meet and meet their projections uh, for the stock market after McDonnell Douglas is, is jaw dropping. It's, it's, hey guys, it's shocking. we're going to stop. <laughs> I can't handle hearing this anymore. <laughs> Have a good weekend, everybody. Thanks,